Blog Talk Radio. Apostle John L. Solomon, the lion among lions in the lion's den. It's my purpose today to bring you strength. Strength from the lion's den is a compelling talk show that discusses life's difficult situations through some relevant topics, important issues, and empowerment from a biblical perspective. The lion's den will bring you the energy of encouragement, transcendent godly wisdom, the efficacy of knowledge and education, but primarily my job is to bring you strength from the connection with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So what I want you to do is roar for your victory, roar for your power, roar for your prosperity, roar for your deliverance, roar for your strength. D- yeah, if you just if you've been with me for a while, you're looking for the lion's roar too. Well, I was looking for it too. Where, where's my lion roar? Okay, it ain't coming through, so I guess I got to do it myself. Roar! Wait a minute, that sounded like Simba. Roar! That that that's better right there. That's like a man roaring. Yeah, let, let let the roar come on through. Every man should have a little roar in him. Well, some of us have a big roar in them. I got a big roar. But listen, uh, I'm so glad to have you here with me tonight. It's just me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayers. I'm all alone. No panel tonight because I wanted to do something uh, significant that the Lord told me to do over these next two uh, podcasts tonight. Straight from the lines in with Apostle John L. So my topic is uh, woman with the issue. Mm-hmm. Woman with the issue. See, 20 years ago, a man by the name of T.D. Jakes, he published a book entitled Woman, Thou Art Loose. Now, that brought an earthquake to the women in the body of Christ 20 years ago. See, some of you listening, you may not have even been born back then or no telling what you were doing 20 years ago. But nevertheless, that word, woman thou art loose, brought, tri- brought an earthquake, and we're still feeling those tremors today. And two decades later, those daughters of that movement have exploded from the pews to become spiritual leaders, community activists, teachers, lawyers, doctors, political servants, authors, and have branched out into every phase of church and the marketplace. Yet with the success, you know, with success, with every level, there's a devil. Yet their problems, esteem problems, health concerns, relationship difficulties, and acceptance, acceptance anxiety, to name a few. So I want you to dive in with me, Apostle Solomon. Wisdom speaks, and I address the woman with the issue. Now, the continuation of that is the woman with the issue of blood. But if you look at Mark 5.25, it said, uh, uh, I'm going to go all apostolic on y'all tonight. I'm going to pull out my apostolic tag and just... Dive into some revelation and who knows what the Holy Ghost may pull up. Now, before I start, let me give a disclaimer. I am not an expert on women. No man is or ever will be. <laughs> if you find one who's an expert on women, um, I won't say that. You just you let me know. You just tell me and I'll tell you what I think. But 
I'm not an expert. I don't have all the uh, answers to women issues. Now, I got a lot of answers to some men issues, but we're we going to say that for next week. But uh, no man has to uh, all the answers to a woman's issue except Jesus. Now, Jesus, the man, yeah, he had all the answers. He was a bad boy, I'm telling you. But as a disclaimer, I don't have all the answers. I'm not here trying to tell you about women, and I'm not going to bash women because I'm not a women basher. I'm not a woman basher. I'm an advocate for women. I believe in the sisters. Believe in the sisters and what you're doing. Power to the women of God. Power to the women of the earth who are making things happen and improving life. And so I just want to talk to you tonight about the power of your pain or how to move from your pain into power. Oh, I can do that. That that's all, that got apostolic written all over it. Why? Because that deals with special messaging. And you have to have a download from the Father in order to cross from one plane to a next to deal with a different situation that you don't come from within that background. Did you catch all that? <laughs> anyway, Mark 5.25 says, a certain woman which had an issue. That's where I stopped and that's where I began to focus at. Uh, a certain woman with, which had an issue. Now, you show me a woman that don't have an issue, and I'll show you a perfect woman, okay? But there are no perfect women. Okay, I'm going to say it. There are no perfect men, men either, except for me and Jesus. I mean, except for uh, Jesus. <laughs> I know some of my listeners that know me saying, you, boy, you ain't perfect. No, I'm not. But she had an issue, and women have issues. And just to, na- just to name a few uh there's some women dealing with some daddy issues. I'm going to say it, your, your daddy issues. Your, your father wasn't there to give you the proper love, or maybe he was there and you didn't get the proper love. But nevertheless, that improper loving from the father has left some women, not all, some women looking for love in all the wrong places. Those daddy issues leave a, a vacancy in your heart. Okay, you, it, that's arguably, that's arguable, but I do my homework and I research so that if anyone comes to me, I, I, I'm ready to change views if your information is credible. Don't be a know-it-all to the point that you're not flexible to change when somebody brings a valid point with uh, empirical evidence that says, you know what, brother, you're wrong. Okay, that's why you use words like some and few, because when you start saying all Okay, you you might be you you might be in a little trouble. Hey, hey, even some women have marriage issues, can't get along, something going wrong. Sound like Al Green there, but is it his fault? Is it your fault? Th- these are just just a, a, a scrape or few marriage issues. That ain't even a, de- dealing into the deeper areas because I'm married, been married, but I I know some marriage issues. Uh. I ain't going to say that. I'm going to keep on going on because I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I ain't rocked the boat yet, but the boat going to get rocked. Uh, some women have boyfriend issues. What, what do you mean boyfriend issues? Don't they, every woman ain't married. They, they have boyfriends that they may want to, they may be, be throttled to, or they may want to uh, become husband and wife, or they may not. They just want that companion. And you have boyfriend issues, and you're wondering, am I the girlfriend, the fiance, the best friend, the cutty buddy? The benefit, friend with a benefit. Should you stay? Should you go? Th- these are relationship issues when it comes to having a boyfriend, things of that nature. Any women with children issues, they won't act right. They always want to be first, and you always last. They don't appreciate you. And then there's women with physical issues. Your body just does what it wants to do and feel whatever it wants to feel, hot flash, cold flash, no flash. Without even asking you, and you're just uncomfortable with your body. You say, oh, man, he's touching on some stuff. I ain't touching nothing. I just gave you a few issues that I know from my experience from dealing with the opposite sex, some things that women go through. And in this particular passage, it just talks about the woman with an issue. But her issue was of blood. So if I, I'm going to take all these things, all these these uh, these biblical terms, and I'm going to transpose them, and I'm, then I'm going to parallel them and juxtapose them to today's uh, understanding. All right, that way we can get the association of what was then to what is now. Now this woman, she had what? She had an issue, and an issue was an issue of blood. 
for 12 years. So let's take that blood and say an issue of life. She was dealing with some complications in her life, but these complications began to affect her body. What does that tell you? When you're having complications and issues in your life, your body feels those things too. That's just a proven fact. If you don't believe me, when you start going through some things, look in the mirror and you don't quite look like yourself. So this woman was dealing with this issue of blood for 12 years. And and it goes on to say she suffered many things of many physicians. So let's say she suffered many circumstances and situations and ordeals, and it puts the word physicians there. But we can just take that word physicians and say she suffered many things of, of many things of many what? People, uh, relationships, uh, jobs, setbacks, uh, setups. So she suffered many things, many heartaches. And then it goes on to say, and spent all that she had. Let's take that and say, and spent all that she had. Let's say spent all that she had all her life. It took everything that was within her. It took things out of her, these ordeals, these situations, this issue. It didn't say nothing got better, but it got worse. Don't, don't don't we just feel like when we after we've been gone through something and they say wait a minute it it, it should have gotten better by now but it seems like it's getting worse the the Bible says she suffered twelve long years can you imagine year after year after year we can barely do twelve hours of a fast oh, oh, I'm sorry we we can rocking the boat we she went through twelve years of suffering pain bondage. Abuse, this wore down on her. And 12 years is a mighty long time. But it says her body was bleeding for 12 years from an issue. Now, let's look at us, juxtapose that, us bleeding for 12 years from an issue. Now, don't look at it that bleeding as being blood. Look at that bleeding as being stress that you're putting on yourself. Look at that bleeding as being financial loss. Look at that that bleeding as being broken relationships. Look at that bleeding as being disappointments, giving up on yourself. That that bleeding, you you can look at that and bring it and associate that with yourself. And but because twelve years is a long time, so that means we can go back into some things from our childhood still affecting us today. Mm-hmm. I, I'm no, I'm not a, a psychiatrist nor am I a psychologist, but I am a philosopher and I think very deeply. And when you think about some of the things that you're going through, you can tie, you can connect the dots back to where you come from and what you went through. Not that those things, uh, not saying that uh, those are excuses. Not saying that those are excuses to excuse some of our downtrodden behavior that we sometimes exhibit. But what I'm saying is you can find a cause for the effect when you go back and say, okay, when I was little, people were always taking things from me. Every time I got something, someone took it from me. So now as an adult, I don't give anybody nothing. Why? Because as a child, so much was taken from me. That has to be remedied. That's an issue. But let, let's move on. We're talking about this woman right here with an issue. 12 years in pain of being in pain. 12 years of slave. 12 years of tears, trying, and testing. That's a mighty long time. And you know what? I, I know each of those years was a season of experience. Huh? Each of those years was a season of experience because because in the end in the end she told herself something that brought about her healing. So if in the end she told herself something that brought about her healing, guess what? Through each of those years she told herself something that either brought about her rise or brought about her demise. My God, I feel y'all listening tonight. Come on now. I feel you listening. We, we're going to keep on talking about this thing. If you want to input anything or share anything, hey, come on into the studio, and I'll see what's up with you and see if we can talk about this thing. Maybe you can ask a question or give your input because I don't have God monopolized. I don't have the spiritual world in a, a vice grip. I just have a little bit of knowledge. Now, there are some apostles that feel like they know everything. I know one particular brother. He think, well, I ain't going to talk about him because, you know, 
anyway, I'm I'm diversing, but never, nevertheless, <laughs> twelve years of trying and testing. Each year she told herself something. I just want to know before we go to break, what are you telling yourself right now? Whether you're going through something or whether you're not going through something. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You, you're always at a, a pivotal point where you're making decisions, but what are you telling yourself in your uptimes, in your mid times, mid times or middle ground when it seems like some indifference or inactivities? And what are you saying when you're in your downtime? All right, y'all hold on. I'm going to go to break. Thank you for being here with me tonight. I will be right back after these words. Have you priced commercials lately? Advertising can truly break your budget. At Win, we eliminate the most common hurdle to advertising. Advertise with Win to reach potential customers locally, nationally, and internationally for as low as $150. Yes, that's right, $150 per commercial. We Inspire Network Radio is a new and rapidly growing online radio network that boasts of dynamic seasoned show hosts who are drawing audiences from across the nation and abroad. Africa, Australia, Scotland, Canada, just to name a few. We also have the technical capabilities to advertise your products and services through sound bites, slideshows, and more. No long-term contracts. You pay per show. Advertise on WIN, and you are sure to be a winner. For more information, call us, 201-477-0469. Email Annie Bell at wealthmanagement-fs.org. All right, we are, we are back. I'm Apostle Solomon, John L. Solomon, and you are tuned in to Strength from the Lions Den. We're powered by We Inspired Network Radio, WIN, W-I-N Radio. I'm partnered with a good team of people. Shout out to B.J. Bell and Annie Bell. Shout out to some good uh, uh, CEO, COO. They're doing a great job over at WIN Network, and I'm glad to be a part of the team. We Inspired Network Radio, just WIN, baby. I want to thank everyone who's tuning in tonight, and you are the reason why we are here. You know, I'm excited that we're just three episodes away from my 25th celebration of my my celebration of the 25th uh, broadcast. My God, we've been going on and on, and I just thank God for having so many wonderful and beautiful and tremendous and very spiritual and intelligent panelists who've been on the show. But guess what? It's many more to come, many more to come, because every round goes higher. Listen. I want to give you something. If you have not gotten it already, you need to get it. It's a free copy of my book, The Power Keys, Life of Wisdom Series, Volume 1. It gives you wisdom for living. You better get it before the next book, Wisdom Speaks, coming out, okay? Listen, just go to like my page, Apostle John L. Solomon, and give me a valid email address, and I will send you The Power Keys in ebook format. Hey, I'm not asking you for anything, not asking for any dime or donation. I want to give you something. How about that? All right. Listen, let's go back to what we're talking about. We're talking about tonight. We're talking about women, woman with the issue. Did I say women? Woman with the issue. Now, if you got an issue, you need to be listening tonight. Now, Nick, now I know you're saying, why is this man talking about women? Well, because, well, one, because God called me to talk about whatever he tells me to talk about for your information. But anyway, but next week, I'm going to be dealing with men. Uh, I'm going to tell you the topic at the end of the show. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna shudder in your britches. <laughs> That's how they talk down south, britches. I don't know what a britch, a britches is. What, what's one britch? Is it, but anyway, anyway, I'm diversing. I'm having too much of a good time, but I'm enjoying this topic because sometimes we need to, as men, discuss women issues so that we can see what they're going through. Of course, this is a monologue and it should be a dialogue, but it's actually a dialogue because I've talked to women and I talk to them every day and they share things. I have a mother and I have a wife and I have some sisters and I have aunties and cousins who go through things and they talk to me and I listen. Did, I, did, I, did you hear that? I listen. I'm a listening brother. You got to listen. Okay. Um, I, when we left off, I was talking about the 12 years of pain that the woman went through with her issue. What's your issue? How long have you been going through it? 
Sometimes people are like you just need to get up and get over that and keep going. Then no, 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 that that's not exactly true. Everybody doesn't heal at the same pace or the same manner. That's right. You can amen if you want to, but we don't. What you're going through may not be may be nothing to me. I can make you skip toe skip skip toe. Is it right? Skip toe through the tulips on that one. But then it may be something that's just a brush off your shoulder that may be weighing me down. Who are we to judge other people's trials and to determine how and when they should come out of it when, because of what we think based on our own strength? Am I? Are we in the place of God? God forbid. Anyway, back to the subject. Her 12 years. Hmm. Now, what are you telling yourself? When you're going through, if you're telling yourself I ain't going to make it, if you're going to tell yourself it's over, I'm going down because you ain't around. If you're telling yourself throw in the towel, cash it in, then guess what? Your brain is wired to help you succeed. That's right. If you tell yourself you're a failure, your brain is going to do everything possible to help you succeed at being a failure. If you tell yourself, I ain't no good, I ain't nothing, your mind is going to do everything possible to help you succeed at being nothing and no good. See, people like to quote scriptures when they're on top of the world. No, 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 my friend. It's good to quote scriptures at all times, but the best time to quote scriptures is when you ain't got nothing, when everybody has walked away from you. That's when you declare... Reach in your pocket, pull out that lint, and say, I'm a lender and not a borrower. Wait a minute. You just pulled out a pocket full of lint. That's when you declare the scripture. I'm a lender and not a borrower because it sends signals to your faith that I believe God. That's what you have to do, okay? Anyway, all right, back to what we were talking about. Oh, and what I tell myself when I'm in a situation that don't look good because when it, when a situation looks Real, real bad. You ever watched a good movie and the hero was losing? Did it look like he was going to win? No way. It looked like the hero was out. The villain was going to win. But guess what? Some kind of way, there was a comeback. And then there was a come up. And he stayed up. And he went up. And that's got to be you. I always tell myself I'm coming out of this and I'm looking good. It's just my affirmation. I'm coming out of this, and I'm looking good. I heard a long time ago from my apostle. He said it when he got it from a a conference. We always getting something from somewhere. So stop talking about people stole your stuff. (laughs) You better learn how to put that little TM trademark and copyright it and through the uh, proper channel so they will stop stealing. (laughs) Anyway, anyway. But some of that stuff they stealing ain't really worth stealing. You ain't going to make a lot of money off of it anyway. So, But, yes, copyright your good stuff, all right? Because if you and anyway, I'm diversing. Let me stay on track here. I'm talking about women, a woman with the issue. Now, 12 years she went through. 12 years. Each year she said something to herself. That first year, just like when we initially go hit something that takes us from a loop. That first year she was in shock. Yes, yes, sir. She couldn't believe it. A year is unusual. Annie can't believe what's happening to me. She was in shock and pain. See, shock provides that emotional support for being overwhelmed all at once. So you go into shock. That's just to keep yourself grounded. See, it normally lasts a few weeks, depending on how hard you get hit. But she was in shock for a whole year because she she had never been through this before. She figured it would be over soon, but she was in shock, and we're like that too. We can't believe God. God, you still got me in this trial. Why am I still going through this same trial for this long? Uh, Sister Butterbean, she went through it for about two weeks, and she was skipping and jumping and had a check, a boyfriend, and a new car. And here I am still going through. <laughs> That's how we talk God sometimes. But nevertheless, she was in shock. Her pain became her prison. Year two. Year two was guilt and pain. After the shock wears off and you realize that you're in a place of uh, demise, disappointment, it is replaced with the suffering and you begin to beat yourself up. See, if I had done this or I should have done that. Don't you know guilt will eat, your, eat you up? Guilt. Judas killed himself because of guilt. 
the guilt he was experiencing from betraying Christ. He killed himself behind that guilt. You have to forgive yourself, especially when it wasn't your fault. You know, every but even when it is your fault, you gotta first of all, God forgives you. You have to find a place of forgiveness for thine own self. <laughs> her second year was guilt and pain. Her pain became her penalty. Oh, we we on to something now. What about her third year? Huh? Well, her third year was anxiety and pain. Why? See, she became nervous in her condition. It's three years now. The first year, I was in shock. Second year, I was guilty. Now she in her third year. There's some anxiety going on. Oh, my God. What's going to become of me? This is her third year. No, Nobody wants to get near me. I can't have a decent relationship. I can't hold down a job. My, my whole life is in a downward spiral, nervous about her condition. She began to spend money. Trying to solve the problem She began to borrow money Trying to solve the problem She be tr- began to look for things And situations and t- That would help the situation She began to just look for Different trinkets and receive Little poems and uh, power tips She was trying to find something To get up out of this situation She was anxious mm. Her pain Became panic She began to worry about her future What's going to happen to me What's going to become of me Mm. Her third year Now going into the fourth year My God Oh fourth year all hell about to break loose Fourth year she was angry And in pain First year she was in shock Then guilt, anxiety Now this fourth year she is angry As hell and in pain. See, frustration sets in and we become angry as we see other people blessed and healthy and we going through all this turmoil and trouble and we looking over at the Joneses and the Johnsons and the Jimsons and we're like, man, why me? She got mad at that. Mad at family, mad at friends or used to be friends and mad at the church, mad at the preacher. And some of us can't, won't, we won't admit it, but we even get mad at God. See, Job's friends came around and they made him sicker. You got friends like that that make you sicker when you're in a sick condition? You, you got to get some new friends. Job's wife, she said, man, you ought to just curse God and die. Even Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Of course, the actor, the actor on the movies, he, you know, he all prim and proper. But I'm sure when Jesus was actually on the cross, it didn't sound pretty. And when you're going through something and you feel like God ain't with you, you're not a pretty picture. I'm not a pretty picture. This was four years, and now she's angry. She's angry with God. She's angry with self. She's angry with life. She's bitter because she's been going through this thing, and there's no relief. Me and my brother... uh Larry was talking the other day about God won't put more on you than what you can bear. Yes, he will. I know you're saying, wait a minute, Apostle, we got you now. What scripture for that? I don't have a scripture for that, but I do know we don't know how much we can bear because we don't know when we've been pushed to the limit. Take that. That's right. Take that. Take that. (laughs) We don't know how much we really can bear. God knows how much we can bear. So he knows how much to put on us and to keep putting on us. So you think you can just handle a little bit, but don't you know there's so much more that you can handle? That's why God stretches you. That's why he puts things on you. And you are stronger, but some people don't know how strong they are because they keep looking for a way of escape. But your muscles have gotten big over the years. You've been tested in some areas. You've been through some trials. Maybe you ought to flex your muscles just to see how strong you really are. Mm. Her first year, she was in shock. Second year, it was guilt with the pain. The third year was anxiety with the pain. The fourth year, she was angry and in pain. My God. Oof, we got eight more years to go through this. Can you imagine? Twelve years? Listen, we're going to take a break, and I'm going to be right back. Stay with me here in the lion's den. I'm your host, Apostle John Solomon. I will be right back.
My name is Minister Lloyd Bell Jr., CEO of We Inspire Network Radio. God bless you, and I am Minister Annie Bell, the COO of We Inspire Network Radio. We had you, our listeners, in mind when we created We Inspire Network Radio, or as we like to call it, Win Radio. We incorporated your thoughts and opinions to ensure that our programming will embody true inspiration. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. Please, subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. Join us here every week where together, through God, we win. All right, we're back. I'm Apostle John L. Solomon. You tuned into Strength from the Lion's Den. That's right. We're powered by We Inspire Network Radio. W- call letters W I N Radio. Huh? How about that? Win. Thank you so much for those that have tuned in tonight. I hope I'm really not boring you, and I hope I'm blessing you. Listen, I I, I like to bring the F the uh the medicinal effects of humor to a situation. But I know if you're going through, it's it's not funny at all. So please don't don't be offended at my levity. I just want you to sometimes you gotta smile through some things. Sometimes like Ron Lindsay said, you gotta get some laughter as medicine. So in the midst of being sincere and serious, I'm gonna give you a little a humor. So that that's guaranteed. All right. So, you know, I ain't I, I'm I'm deep, but you know shallow too at times so come on let, let's let's continue to walk through the uh the other years of this woman's life when, last time we stopped in her fourth year she was angry and in pain are you angry today and in pain we, we want you to get over that anger people will tell you the bible said be ye angry pause but said not yeah, that's what it says. That's true. But it also says anger rests in the bosom of a fool. So don't let your anger sit there and boil and brew and uh, simmer because guess what? It's going to have to come out, and most of the time it comes out in unhealthy ways. So you got to find a remedy for that anger. Let, let's move on. Her pain, her uh, her anger, her it, all, all that boils down to the fact that her pain, her anger – it became her poison. Now her fifth year, that's it, was depression and pain. She's not getting any better. The joy of life you once had is gone. You know, now you're thinking the things you can't do anymore. You know, where you once could go out, you once could take walks, you once could have fellowship and just different things you could do. You can't do that anymore. The missed opportunities, traveling, the goals you wanted to accomplish, and the lack of drive you feel, you just want to lay down and die. See, some people don't make it out of this fifth season or her fifth year of depression. They give in to the spirit of suicide, and they end it all. Why? You say, why do people commit suicide? I'm not that weak. You don't know what will break you. I, I know you're strong, but some people get hit pretty hard, and they have no outlet. They have no friends. They have no family. They have nobody who they can lean on and to help pull them up out of depression. See, some, some of us, we think that, that thing is so true when it said, man, I, Lord, I looked and I saw one set of footprints in the sand. It was just me. The Lord said, no, that was me carrying you. A lot of time the Lord has to carry us through. Now, I know I'm the lion among lions, but many times the Lord has carried me through. I'll tell you in a minute, uh, my soul look back and wonder how I got over. I really do, but the Lord always, he lets me know. See, some people he brought from a mighty long way. He brought me all the way. Boy, I can tell you some stories. I'm sure you could tell me some stories. Let's just not tell the stories right now. Listen, her depression and pain. Her pain came her pity in the fifth year. Now, let's go on. This woman with this issue. 
her sixth year was loneliness and pain. When you're going through, friends don't treat you as the Baptist preacher said, like they used to. <laughs> they they don't treat you like they normally would. People don't visit. They don't ask you to come see them. See, Jesus told his disciples, oh, y'all going to scatter and leave me and I'm going to be alone. But then he gathered himself and said, but I won't be alone because the Father is with me. It's a difference than being alone. You go ahead and finish that statement. That's right, and being lonely, I hear you at home. See, some people, they're alone, and they allow loneliness to uh, overtake them. But you can be alone without being lonely. How, how do you do that, uh, Apostle Solomon? You married, you got kids, you did, well, I ain't always been here. I've been, I've been single, too. I had to occupy myself. <laughs> I, I got to tell y'all this, it, it's so funny. I remember I used to see couples and you know, couples doing their couple thing, coupled off and coupled there. And I was like, shoot, look at all these couples and, and how these women were taking good care of their men. And I said, I want somebody to take care of me. This lady said, you need to take care of yourself. <laughs> and you know what? Although when she first told me, I received it negatively. But then something in me said, you know what? She's right. And that doesn't just go for me, it goes for anybody who's going through something because what happens, that pity overtakes you. And you start looking around and feeling depressed. And like I said, these stages begin to sit in depression, anger, and loneliness. No, if you start taking care of yourself, go to the gym and begin to work that body, pick up some books and begin to read. Read Tess of the Durdevilles, uh, read Roots. <laughs> Read you some books that are going to challenge your mind and expand and broaden your horizon. Take you some trips to some places. You know, you have to begin to invest in the MVP. That's right. That's you. See, she was in a place of loneliness at this sixth year. She began to settle into it. Her pain became her position. Let's move on. Her seventh year. Uh oh, we we we. It, it's been six long. It's been six long years for this woman. All these seasons of pain, of hurt, and you may say it, it may seem long and drawn out, but there's some people who've been going through years of suffering. Women who've been battered, beat, abused, uh, stressed out, stretched out, uh, lonely, in a prison of pain, a world of hurt and shame. Boy, I can tell you some things I've. Heard and seen, both done, you know, we, we anyway, I, I don't want to get into that, but we hurt each other. We hurt one another. And when we hurt people, sometimes we don't do enough reflection to see we've learned to get over things quick. Well, I have. I've learned to get over things quick. But at some point while you're getting over, you have to stop and reflect back, not looking back on your past to draw up some stuff, but to get the lesson I do wrong. Where did I mess up? Because sometimes we can play the blame game and blame everybody else. But like I said in the beginning, it's me. It's me, oh Lord. Man, that sounds so good. Anyway, I'll stop right there. But her seventh year, the number seven is completion. Okay. Her seventh year was reflection and pain. During this time, she thinks back to her good old days. Huh? You ever thought back to your good old days? You ever thought so, back, so far back to your good old days that them good old days, <laughs> you almost went back to them good old days? Don't, don't think too far back to your good old days because some of them good old days weren't exactly Good old days. That's right. She she began to think back, though, nevertheless, when her good old days wasn't as hard as it is now. You get the you may sense of feelings of emptiness at this point. It's like you want to go back to those better days. It's where you're reflecting back. If you get if you get so busy looking back at your glory days of your past. Anytime somebody would say, man, I remember we used to do this, and oh, we were so famous this, and we were so, that lets me know they're not doing anything now. Because I, I, I'm not saying just a moment of reflection or nostalgia, talking about those back then and what we did and how, you know, just some highlights. But when all you talk about is your yesterday, that's all you talk about is your yesteryear. 
it's an indication that you might need to start looking at doing something now. Yeah, back in 19, 1977, I was the uh, I was a man of the year. Uh, you, you you know it's twenty seventeen. I mean, <laughs> what you've been doing over the decades, <laughs> you know. So talking about your past, if you find yourself talking about your past all the time, that's an indication that you need to put on your work gloves and start building not just your future but your presence, your present, your right now. Come on, you can do it. Well, she's in her seventh year and she's reflecting. On better days, as we all do when we hit a hard uh, spot that keeps us there a little longer than we what we want to, we begin to look back on better days. But there ain't no time to wish on a star. Uh, uh, starlight, star bright. First star I see tonight, I wish I may, I wish I might. No, no, no. Ain't no time for wishing. Uh, it's time for praying and believing and act and go to work. Because you can do it. Uh, you, oh, man, there's so much I can tell you. The word is 90. It is in your mouth. You have to begin to speak it and speak it and speak it until you believe it. There's some things now I say that I, that I don't have any choice but to respond to because I don't have any doubt in it. I, 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 I have to be like God. He said my word that goes out of my mouth is it, going to perform that what I sent it to do. And you have to, and the Bible did say, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. I'm not saying you are God or I'm God. God is not flawed like us. But God has allowed us to partake of his divine nature through precious promises whereby we may be able to exhibit the characteristics of the Father and operate as he operates through grace and faith and the vehicles that he's given us to be the sons and daughters of God. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Her seventh year, completion, reflection. Now, her eighth year, huh? Somebody said the number eight is new beginnings. Her eighth year was a period of readjustment, but the pain is still there. See, it's at this point where you got to begin to make some tough decisions in life. You, you made it through the, uh, the, uh, fifth, the uh, fourth year of anger, and you barely got out of that fifth year of depression. You walked through the shadow of death in that sixth year of loneliness. loneliness. The seventh year, you're reflecting on some matters. Now you're in the eighth year. You're saying, you know what, I've been living with this pain. Now it's at the point where you got to make some readjustments. See, it's here where she began to make tough decisions in her life. It's here where you got to make some tough decisions in your life about the road road ahead. She had to go ahead and let go of the things and the people she had already lost. As they say in the business world, there are times when you have to cut your losses. I I was over at Smiley's. I was selling uh, CDs, and they threw me out because I was selling CDs. And I couldn't believe out of all the thousand people out there that they threw me out. I was a businessman, entrepreneur, hustling legitimately just like everybody else. Why they threw me out? See, after, I was mad for a long time about that. And so, but eventually, because I was making some money out there when I started, but eventually I had to cut my losses. I now for uh, analogy so that I can give you an example here. You have to cut some losses that hurt you, and that's just the light thing. I'm sure there are things that have hurt you, that pained you, that I'm not letting that go. I'm going to forgive, but I ain't going to forget. I'm going to forgive, but I ain't going to for. I ain't going to I'm going to forgive, but I'm not going to for give. We said I'm going to forgive, but I'm not going to forget. It's it's just like saying I'm going to forgive, but I'm not going to forgive. Mm. This eighth year, she had to make some readjustments in her life. The things and the people that she had lost, she had to let it go. So you can be holding on to things that are no longer holding on to you. You have to accept that your life has changed when it changes. The Bible says no man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. What the analogy to that was there was a man plowing. 
and he had his oxen in front of him. And as he was plowing, he kept looking back. And every time he looked back, his his line wouldn't be straight any longer. He was farming and he was plowing. And if you keep looking back, it gets the line gets out of alignment. So instead of having a straight line as the oxen is pulling the plow, there's a crooked line. Anyway, you farmers know what I'm talking about. Well, guess what? We're in the last we're in the last segment of the program. I'm gonna come back after this break and finish up. Thank you for being with me tonight, y'all. Hold on, I'll be right back. Hello, everybody. My name is Minister Annie Bell, and I am the host of Irene Blog Talk Radio Show, where we endeavor to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse sex trafficking, and other traumas, as well as being the vehicle by which we use to bring awareness and resources to the community to aid in the prevention of these abuses. IRAIN, which is a declarative acronym for the individual survivor, that means I, I identify myself as a survivor, no longer a victim. R, reclaim my life. E, excel at living. G, grow in Christ. And N, nurture myself and others. This declarative acronym has developed into a victorious lifestyle brand that empowers and aids in the healing journey of survivors of abuse sex trafficking, and other traumas. I have also written a book entitled, with the namesake, I Reign, A Survivor's Guide to Thrive, which is now available at Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. Pick up your copy of my book today and join me every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. here on We Inspire Network Radio. Where together, through God, we win. If we endure, we will reign with Christ. All right, this is Apostle John L. Solomon. I am back. You are tuned in to Strength from the Lions Den. We're powered by We Inspire Radio. Win Radio. I'm partnering with a good team of people. We want you to win. Listen, I want to make sure that I give you the offer of a free copy of my book, The Power Keys, Life and Wisdom Series, Volume 1. It gives you wisdom for living. Listen, I want you to uh, go to my uh, my page, Apostle Solomon, like that page, and give me a valid email address, and I'll get that book to you. Now, can you believe I'm coming up in three episodes? I have three episodes before my 25th celebration, huh? The tw- Not 25th year, but my 25th show celebration. Can you believe it's been going on strong just like that? And I thank God for my panelists that have come through. I have a very special gift for my panelists. No, it's not my uh, Power Keys book. No, it's not my wife's new book, Motivation to Make It Through, which she will be having a book release on May the 20th. It's not that book. It's, it's not that one. But it's a very special book that I know you're going to love. All right? Listen, tonight we're talking about woman with the issue, the power of her pain or the power to transform your pain. We went through the stages of those 12 years, I believe, I surmise, I prayed on, were 12 years of uh, a season, 12 years she went through some things. And I just get, gave my uh, analytical mentality or spirituality uh, takings on that because I've been with people who've gone through a long time. The first year was shock and pain. Her pain became her prison. Her second year was guilt and pain. Her pain became her penalty. Her third year was anxiety and pain. Her pain became her panic. Her fourth year was anger and pain. Her pain became her poison. Her fifth year was depression and pain. Her pain became her pity. Her sixth year was loneliness and pain. Her pain became her position. Her seventh year was reflection. Her pain became her picture. Her eighth year was readjustment and pain. Her pain became her past. Her pain became her past. That means she was putting it behind her. 
She said, you know what, I haven't been in this place a long time. So in her ninth year, nine means fruitfulness. In her ninth year, prayer and pain. I believe in the ninth year, she began to raise up with the strength to pray. The ninth year, if you haven't been in something a long time, you start. You either become hopeful or you become hopeless. But in the ninth year, I, I believe she just raised up the strength to pray because she began to hear a buzz about uh, something that was happening in her midst, right? Uh, in that ninth year, prayer began to become a focal point for her. Because in the eighth year, she was making some readjustments. It's like a song came to her, and her spirit said, I feel like going on. You know that song, I feel like going on. Though trials come, you know what I mean, on every hand. She said, I feel like going on. And that's where it began to kick in in the ninth year that she started to pray. And she believed, began to say, you know what? Something has to give. I believe I'm going to be healed. One thing I say from my power keys is that when people say, you know, I'm at my breaking point. Don't you know your breaking point has a breaking point? There's a song by Reverend Clay Evans that says, reach beyond the break. Where there's a break, it's like if you could just reach beyond that break and hold on. Every breaking point has a breaking point means when you come to your breaking point, Don't you understand that which is breaking you, it's going to break because nothing lasts forever. See, that's what them, uh, that's what them, uh, the, uh, the martial arts understand what they call the chi, their energy to break a board, but they hit that board at its breaking point. So when your trial and tribulation comes at you, it hits you and it takes you to your breaking point. But what you have to do is find the breaking point in your trial and hit it at its breaking point. My God, that's some powerful stuff. And you do that through prayer, through fasting, through meditation. They may seem passive, but they're not passive. They're powerful when they're active. Her pain became her prayer partner. She prayed and pressed through the pain huh? with prayer. Because she's going to have to press again. Let me, let me go on. We're almost done for the night. I, uh, her 10th year was action and pain. Hmm? She, she, be, she became active again. She was going out and beginning to move around the town. Uh, she was in pain, but she was being pushed towards something. She began to sing sometimes when she had strength. She would move through the crowds at the marketplace if she was being prepared for something. She wasn't supposed to be, but she had to. She didn't have much money. Left, so she was being pushed. She didn't have a lot of people left around her, and and she kind of kept to herself. But she was being pushed. She she had been through so much, and she was ready to give up. But she was being pushed. She was in pain and didn't know if she would make it. But she was being pushed. Guess what? Her pain became her pusher. Oh baby, I'm your pusher. Her pain became her pusher. In her eleventh year. It was prophecy and pain. Her tenth year, she just came out of. Uh, she just began to pray. Tenth year, she went into action. Now her began to move around a little bit. Now her eleventh year was prophecy and pain. She began to speak life to herself. You got to speak life to you. She began to say, "My good days outweigh my bad days. I won't complain." She began to speak healing all over herself, over her destiny. Over her life You have to stop looking back And just keep looking forward Especially when you know you've been down that road before And you know nothing is back there for you Stop taking defeat Stop talking defeat And begin to speak victory Even in the midst of your pain As we was talking about before I'm coming out of this And I'm looking good God did it before And he'll do it again Her pain became the down payment On her promise mm. Now in her Twelfth and final year, there was purpose. Yes, the pain was still there, but her purpose had become bigger than the pain. When your purpose becomes bigger than the pain, you'll play through pain. You'll push through pain. You'll press through through pain. And and something happened in the twelfth year. 
in Mark the five twenty seven, it says she heard Jesus. She heard about Jesus coming in her area. Something miraculous happens when Jesus enters your perimeter, when he enters your purpose. So she she heard, she came in behind him. She said, if I could but touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. Her 12-year had purpose because God had a plan. She moved on, she moved on purpose because God knew what he was doing with her life. Sometimes we don't know. We look at it and it's like a, a mystery to us. It's like pieces are missing here and pieces pieces are missing there. But I've heard preachers say God sits high and looks low. And he's greater in you than he that is in the world. So all the bases are covered. See, she moved right into her purpose because God had a plan. She said, if I could but touch. She told herself something in the final phase of her pain. If I could but touch the hem of his garment. If I can get to my place of power, my position in purpose, my position in the plan that God has for me. Her pain became her power. Then Jesus told her, your faith did this. Your faith made you whole. She touched his garment. She reached out to God and touched his garment. But it was her faith that gave her the courage, the strength, the power to step out. See, sometimes we're used to stepping out on stuff and having something there to get us. But when you can't see what's there to catch you and you step out on it, that, my friend, is pure faith. Uh, uh, woman with an issue today, I didn't come to bash you. I didn't come to trash you or thrash you. I just came to tell you that there is purpose in your pain. There's power in your pain. There's a plan in your pain. I I, I hope you don't have to stay there 12 years. I, some of them, some of you may have been there maybe 20 years, but I do believe God has called us to peace, and He doesn't want you living in pain, especially when Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Listen, my friends, I hope you've received strength today. I hope you've been encouraged. Now, this week, uh, this t- tonight's podcast, God told me to speak to the women and talk about the woman with the issue. Now, next Wednesday, I'm going to speak to the, bre- the brethren. I'm going to speak to the brothers, and I'm going to talk about the impotent man. Mm-hmm. The impotent man. The Bible speaks on a man who was impotent. Uh, I don't know what you think impotence I'm talking about, but you better know this strength from the lion's den. I'm talking about the biblical portion, the biblical version, not not the version on TV. Come on now, stay with me. I'm talking about the impotent man, the man who's helpless, who feels helpless and hopeless and stuck in a ruck, uh, a rut. So join me next Wednesday uh, on the lion's den March, I mean April, I mean more gracious, March, April, uh, May the tenth, here on Lions Den, I'm going to be speaking about the impotent man. So you come with me. Thank you for joining me tonight. You're a great audience. I love you. I appreciate you. Keep your head up. There's nothing that you can't do without God guiding you. There's nothing you can't do because God is with you. Keep telling yourself, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Give yourself a word today. Don't just pre- don't just listen to a preacher. You'll be a preacher and you preach life, preach strength, preach power, preach purpose to yourself today. Hey, I'm Apostle John L. Solomon, the host of Strength from the Lions Den. Thank you for being with me. I will see you next week. Have a wonderful evening.